Welcome to Aetherius Radio Live, the Hour of Truth with Richard Lawrence and Chrissy Blaze. Good afternoon and welcome, or good evening and welcome, whichever the case may be. This is 1 p.m. Eastern on the 18th day of December 2012. And the holy season is upon us, whatever you are celebrating at this time. May it be beautiful and blessed for you. We are celebrating Aetherius Radio Live comes to you at this time, the third Tuesday of every month, with your genial hosts, Richard Lawrence and Chrissy Blaze. Hello, everybody. Hello. Thank you, Annette, for the introduction. And Thank um, you, Annette. Yes. Very happy to be here. And uh, this is Chrissy speaking from... Metro Detroit area, and Richard Lawrence is speaking from uh, London, England. Yes, that's and, true. Um, <laughs> and this is a wonderful subject that we're covering today uh, on the Master Jesus, his true mission to earth. We're talking about his uh, New Age teachings, and I think it promises to be a fascinating show. And I'm very glad to introduce the show with uh, Richard because he's written an extraordinary book. He's written many, actually, but this one is one that everybody should have because it contains so much fascinating research. And it's called UFOs and the Extraterrestrial Message. And you may think, what has this to do with the Master Jesus? But I'm going to hand you over to Richard, who's going to read from his book, a very fascinating extract. Richard, thank you. Thank you, Chrissy. And page one of the UFOs and the Extraterrestrial Message is as follows. Thousands of years ago, three men looked into the night sky and saw a bright light moving above them. These men, steeped in the learning of the day, understood astronomy and astrology as compatible sciences and were not easily fooled or subject to delusion or wishful thinking. Much as the object they were viewing looked like a star, they knew that it couldn't be because it was clearly moving and in a specific direction. Today you can look up at the sky, see a moving object and wonder whether it could be a a satellite, an aircraft, a weather balloon or some other terrestrial object. No such inventions had been made then. Meteorites, seen as shooting stars, would flash across the sky and disappear, but they wouldn't follow a deliberate flight path. Comets, suns and planets were too far distant for their movements to pinpoint a particular location on Earth especially for men using the naked eye and who were probably riding on camels to find what they were looking for. According to an ancient account which was first passed down orally and later recorded in writing, these men followed the light until it stopped over a building. The account indicates that they were on a quest and that this sighting had a profound and uplifting effect upon them. Sure enough, In the very building over which the light had stopped, they found exactly what they had been seeking. They were, of course, the three wise men. The moving object was the star of Bethlehem, and the focus of their search was Jesus Christ. To quote from the book of Matthew, chapter 2, verses 9 to 11, When they had heard the king, they departed, and lo, The star which they saw in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they were coming to the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. So that's the way I start my book, UFOs and the Extraterrestrial Message. (laughs) So uh, that's a fantastic beginning to the book and really sets the scene for who we believe the Master Jesus truly was. And I know you're going to explain that too as the beginning to this. Yes, I I mean the Ethereus Society, the whole essence of Ethereus Radio Live is this link between the cosmic aspect of being and spirituality and indeed cosmic technology cosmic science and spirituality and and we believe the two are indivisibly linked and in the personage of that absolutely beautiful incredible personality being master call him what you will god if you like 
not the one and only Son of God, but just a God-like being, then you have also a cosmic master, a being from another world who was brought to Earth in a UFO, which we've called the Star of Bethlehem. And it's much easier to accept that, I believe, than to accept the thought of a star suddenly appearing and leading um, wise men to a, a stable, which would, is an impossibility if you think about it, really. Indeed. And it's an interesting thing, you know, since we're sort of in the, in the season where, okay, many religions, uh, as, as Annette said, are observing different rituals and different occasions and so on. But a lot of the Western world in particular is dominated by the theme of Christmas. It, it's very interesting to, to look at the true origins, the true nature of the intelligence, the being behind it all, and, and, and what he really came to earth to do. I mean, actually, in the Aetherius society, although we would be regarded by some orthodox branches of, of the Christian church as heretical uh, because of some of our beliefs, not least the fact that we believe that Jesus himself came from another planet, came from Venus, in fact, to our world to bring a great message and demonstration of love, what love really is. Uh, despite this fact, I mean, we are believers in the virgin birth, we are believers in the resurrection, uh, and we are believers actually in the star of Bethlehem. And there are many uh, aspects, certainly in this country and elsewhere in the Christian church, where they, the, the actual priests and bishops and ministers no longer believe in some of these things, or they try to explain them away as a, an astronomical phenomenon or something else. Yeah, so we do believe some of the most fundamental um, we do. teachings of, of Christianity. It's interesting, um, the Master Jesus, as you say, a wonderful cosmic avatar of love uh, who came to this planet and he tarried a while and changed, really, the face of this planet through his teachings, through his love, through his wisdom in this age that we're just going through and has come again at this time. But I just also wanted to say that um, even as a child, he was extraordinary. And there are many... Uh, legends, and you may say, well, legend isn't necessarily based in fact. Well, not necessarily, but of course, um, we have to, if there's a lot of legends saying the same or a similar thing, then we have to take notice of them. There's also re record of him in uh, some of the Gospels, uh, such as the Gospel of St. Thomas, in which he was performing miracles, even as a child. And uh, one of them was apparently a child who fell through the roof of a house at Jesus as a child was playing in and the child died and apparently Jesus went to the body and told the child to rise and he did and there are other stories of how there was a shortage of wheat in the village um, and he produced um, his his magic if you like and created this abundance of wheat that fed all the people in the village and there are many many stories like like this stories of his miracles growing up so obviously he wasn't just an ordinary person who was extraordinary he wasn't um anyone that had been you know seen before like this he was also exceptionally intelligent he had this kind of fearless intellect and i know richard we're going to talk more about this later aren't we how strong mm. he was how powerful he was but even as a child even as a, a boy he began his study of the law at the, about the age of five and even then, he outstripped not only the fellow students, but some of the teachers, too, because he understood not just um, the law itself, but the kind of the spirit behind the law and mm -hmm. had this wonderful understanding. And it's said that by the age of 11, his intelligence and wisdom was so bright and shone so brightly that it, others felt that it was illuminated by the light of God. So here was an extraordinary wonderful individual who came to this earth at a certain time and I know Richard you're going to talk about why because this is the question everybody I think is asking why did he come yes I think we and thank you for that Chrissy and I think we've been given a very distorted view of Jesus in in our history and in the way we're taught it uh, for two reasons I think one is the politicization of that religion which happened you know in its early 
centuries, really, when Constantine the Great recognized it. I think this was the 4th century, wasn't it, AD? Mm -hmm. And then it became an official part of the political and financial and even military establishment later on of various nations. And, of course, that's going to completely distort any teaching, I'm afraid. I mean, we have to be real about that because as soon as personal, political, and financial interests come into things, then we're in deep trouble. And that happened with the Christian religion as a, as a traditional orthodox uh, teaching. And, of course, it popularized it and it made it the gigantic religion that it is today as well. Uh, but it's certainly distorted it. And the other thing I think we have is, and certainly when I was being taught in school, uh, divinity and theology and so on, as a child, the viewpoint of Christ, uh, Christian teachers, people who are looking at it from the perspective of the Bible instead of the perspective of history. I mean, in its early years, uh, clearly, Jesus was an outstandingly unusual individual. I mm. mean, miracles had been performed before, uh, at, certainly in the East. Uh, there are reports of, you know, that have gone down in, in yoga writing and other writings and other traditions of some of these feats, healing feats um, uh, and other kinds of miracle, even reports of virgin birth. It's not completely unique to that religion, uh, but certainly it's um, very unusual and certainly in the, in the environment and, and, and the background that Jesus had and the lack of knowledge and teaching that was available to an ordinary child growing up as a carpenter or a carpenter's son or what ha have you in that time. But we tend to forget, if we're not careful, because it's so famous, because it's so established today, that this was a tiny, radical, what they would have called a sect or a cult, uh, in those days, um, and it, it really wasn't that known uh, in the way that we would know it now. And this tends to distort our view of, of the incredible feats that he was performing as a lone individual with a tiny handful of followers, many of them not too, certainly not educated very well. And I'm not talking about his, some of his closest disciples who were also, in certain cases, outstanding individuals, St. Peter standing out as one of those. Uh, but generally, uh, they, they, they were a small, uneducated, uninformed group of radical people on the fringes of society, even Jewish society, never mind Roman society, uh, until, as I say, about the 4th century AD. And now we have this sort of romantic vision of it all. Um, I mean, just to name one thing, I mean, there were a number of people being crucified in that period and anyone who caused havoc or disobeyed laws or rules and came to the attention of a consul was in danger of that death but the way it's been portrayed it was like it was the one and only crucifixion that ever happened it was certainly by far the worst don't misunderstand me but it was quite a normal thing to happen at that time to someone who did what Jesus did which proves, I think, and we're getting to the why of it now, that Jesus absolutely and deliberately set out to, to, to die. I mean, he behaved in a very deliberate manner. Uh, and he came to earth, yes, to bring some of the greatest teachings we've ever had on earth, a, a, a message, really, of love and service, which cannot be bettered, it can be elaborated on, but you can't improve on that concept of, of, of selflessness that Jesus demonstrated and taught. Uh, but at the same time, even more importantly than that, his main mission on earth that he chose was undoubtedly to die. And that's a tragic fact. Yes, because he did so many things to provoke people, didn't he? As if, I mean, oh, yes. he was obviously purposefully doing it. Uh, yes. way, when he rode back in Jerusalem on a donkey uh, on the yes. Sabbath, I believe it was. And he obviously was really, you know, he, nothing was by chance. It was all a grand design, wasn't it? It was all a plan, which was very yes, carefully so laid. Absolutely, and this is where some of the ideas you get of him as rather a, a weak um, individual who, who sort of succumbed to other people and was easygoing and, and, and you know this is absolutely clearly not the case he he provoked people from all walks of life he, pro he provoked the roman establishment um he, and from what we're told uh, i don't know how true this is but we're told that pontius Pilate didn't really want to go through with this but he was kind of forced to go through with this um uh, because you know of jesus what jesus did 
Um, I mean, obviously, he shouldn't have gone through with it. But the way Jesus behaved, it was perfectly normal reaction. Um, and he was even before that deliberately flouting some of the traditional Jewish, lo- Jewish laws about the, the Sabbath and about different procedures. Um, what we might say now, almost as though he was trying to wind the authorities up, uh, but it, was, it had a much deeper purpose, of course. There was also a teaching in everything that he did, but clearly he set out, and you know, one of the things about Judas kissing him, you know, we tend to miss the obvious point there, the fact that he required Judas to kiss him, to identify him to the authorities, proves that he wasn't really that well known. Otherwise, no, they wouldn't have needed that identification. Oh, that's a very, very interesting point. I think probably listeners are, are wondering, well, why did he come here to die? What was the purpose of that? Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Do you want to elaborate on that, Chrissy? Well, it was a very, very difficult time, as it often is on this planet. But um, mm. we have to realize that everything we do on this planet, we are creating karma all the time. Good, mm-hmm. not so good, negative, very bad. And uh, it's been a, it was a very, very bloody time in our history for hundreds and hundreds of years. And we'd reach a sort of a crossroads. Humanity had reached a, a crossroads of, of crisis, if you like. And they couldn't mm. continue as they were. And so it took the, I mean, there is a great cosmic plan and the, the great ones, the cosmic masters are very, very aware of this and they come to help us in any way they can. can. But there are certain times when, you know, uh, something more drastic has to take place and the Master Jesus volunteered as a, a cosmic master to come to this planet and help to uh, change the, or take on the karma of mankind through... Indeed. Uh, agreeing to die is a ter- it's a terrible thing i mean it's it's it a sad and happen. tragic thing yes i think one of the most gruesome days in our calendar and i'm afraid this might upset some orthodox thinkers but is is good friday i mean first of all the name it's not mm. good friday at all it's a it's a terrible terrible event and when you think you know the the, the passion as they call it it's a it's an absolute dire tragedy and i i think it's interesting to to look at masters because there tends to be a view uh, that all masters are roughly the same. They're all compassionate. They're all kind. They're all well. They are all of those things, but they are very, very different. And that's why I'd like to draw attention to the personality of the Master Jesus, mm. because in my personal opinion, the very fact that you can have a personality like that in existence and we've all got some feeling of this i mean it may be that some of us were there at the time or knew about him or were in his orbit or in some way closely connected in the early years of christianity and we've got this feeling deep in our consciousness deep in our souls uh, and i think that the very existence of a personality like that proves divinity mm. i'd go that far the fact that such a being could even exist is proof enough of, uh-huh. of a divine force. Uh, and you can see why some say, you know, he's the one and only son of God and he is God. And uh, and it's not correct, of course, exactly correct. There have been many great or several great masters through history. And God is above and beyond all life and all of us and all creation itself. It, it's, a, it's a great force. But he's certainly a God. There's no question about it. Any being of that love, of that intensity of love, of that self-sacrificing, completely giving nature. You know, and and I think we have to draw a distinction here between even a heroic person laying down their life, which is a, a noble thing indeed when it's happened for a good cause throughout history, and a being of that caliber, of that sensitivity, of that evolution doing it, which is on a completely different scale entirely. Absolutely. And um, I'm sure listeners would think, I wish I I knew more about the personality of the Master Jesus. And Richard, I I think this might be a good time to read this description that was found um, from uh, the letter of Publius Lentulus, which was apparently in the archives of Rome. And this was published in a book um, which was translated by Drs. McIntosh and Twyman of the Antiquarian Lodge. And it was taken from a, a papyrus scroll, which was dated about 5 
BC with an accuracy apparently of plus or minus 50 years. But anyway, it was um, called the Arch Co-Volume. And apparently it was written by um, one of the governors of Judea, Publius Lentulus. And it is now in the archives of Rome, apparently. And it was at the time a custom of Roman governors to advertise the Senate and people of, of things that are happening in their province, as we can imagine. And this was in the days of Tiberius Caesar. And he wrote this epistle about Master Jesus. And he said, there appeared in these days a man of the Jewish nation of great virtue named Yeshua, Jesus, who is yet living among us. And I'll read extracts from this. He was able to raise the dead and cure all manner of diseases. A man of stature, somewhat tall and comely, with very reverent countenance, such as the beholders, this is interesting, may both love and fear. His hair of the color of the chestnut and some belief, and there is some research to say that his mother actually was born in um, the British Isles. So I, oh, certainly her line was from that part of the, the world, so I'm not sure. Celtic line, um, wasn't it? A Celtic line, yes, yeah, so, mm. which would account for him having this kind of reddish hair, which we often see depicted in pictures. Um, to carry on the description, he, um, in the midst of his head was a seam or partition in his hair, like a parting, I suppose, after the manner of the Nazarenes, his forehead plain and very delicate, his face without spot or wrinkle, beautified with a lovely red, his nose and mouth so formed as nothing can be reprehended, his beard thickish in color, like his hair, not very long, but forked, his look innocent and mature, his eyes gray, clear, and quick. In reproving hypocrisy, he is terrible. That's interesting. In admonishing, courteous and fair-spoken, pleasant in conversation, mixed with gravity. It cannot be remembered that any have seen him laugh, but many have seen him weep. In proportion of body, most excellent. His hands and arms delicate to behold, in speaking, very temperate, modest, and wise, a man for his singular beauty, surpassing the children of men. That's an amazing extract. Of course, thank you for that, Chrissy. And that was written, wasn't it, by a governor, a Roman governor, governor. of Judea, I think, just Absolutely, prior to Pontius yeah. Pilate, and you know, sent to the Senate as as was perfectly regular thing to do in those days, and possibly to the court of Ty I think it was Tiberius at that time. Um, beyond there, who knows? But um, so so revealing of of this master. And I, I there's a couple of points I would like to stress actually on on the back of that reading, uh, that extract, which is one that although, as you rightly said there, Chrissy, Jesus came to earth to die to take karma and and other masters have come to earth to take karma in one way or another and he came to avert a catastrophe which was due in those days and indeed did avert the catastrophe which was due to humanity on this planet by dying he didn't come to forgive us our sins he came to take karma which is a very different thing and it's been misunderstood because sooner or later that karma will have to be repaid and the lesson will have to be learnt by humanity and the more reverence and appreciation and gratitude and thankfulness and respect we have for the master jesus the better because we owe him so very very much but the actual strategy that 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 he carried out and we've discussed that a bit uh, and in and and engineered if you like his death in the way that it happened um was his choice and all the masters although they're given a, a mission to perform they choose how to perform that mission. And he chose that death, and I think possibly there are other masters who, who wept far more than we would be capable of weeping at that terrible, terrible death that he chose and took upon himself for the benefit of humanity. Absolutely. And um, so one of the disciples who played such a pivotal role in his uh, death was, of course, Judas Iscariot. And I wanted to give you... Yes. Wanted to talk about that, Richard. Well, yes. I mean, actually, they found, haven't they, the Gospel of, of Judas as well in, in recent years. Yes. I mean, there, there are so many. We have to remember that the, the teachings that went down in Christianity were, first of all, they were distorted, not entirely by 
um, you know, deliberately, some of the distortions undoubtedly will have come in through mistakes and through uh, incorrect translation and so on, which happened, of course, from the Hebrew to the Latin or to the Greek, I think, then to the Latin and so on, and then to other languages. And also you had an establishment with their own agenda. I mean, one thing we do know that was taken out of the Christian faith, and it's amazing that some people don't know this, was reincarnation. And I think I'm right in saying, Chrissy, that was in 550 AD that Justinian took that, banned that teaching of reincarnation, which did exist among certain Christian schools as late as 550 AD. Certainly, and I know the, some of the early Christian fathers, particularly Origen, um, mm. had written about that. Um, when mm. I worked in King's College, they actually had a, an original script from Origen, and he actually um, talks about, obviously, reincarnation, and appears in other forms too, wasn't it? The story of um, oh, yes. Elijah. Uh, that um, Wasn't it in Luke reported that Jesus was the reincarnation of Elijah? Um and I think, yes, in fact, that, Jesus, that's been refor- that's been claimed. Yes. Yeah, Jesus himself, I think, proclaimed that in fact John the Baptist was Elijah come again. I mm, think I'm right. Now the teaching was definitely around, and, and other teachings were around too. It wasn't universally believed, of course, that he was God. I mean, he was referred to by some as the prophet, um, and you know there were those who did believe in that time at that time that God lived within all of us, who were Christians. There was the, what they called eventually the Arian, Arius, I think was the name of the teacher, and they called the, they, they, they classed it as a heresy later on because people came along, I think myself, some of them with very good motive, by the way. I don't think they were all politically motivated. Later on, uh, when the establishment took over and politics took over and the emperors took over and so on, then undoubtedly it became corrupt and worse than corrupt. It even became evil with the Inquisition and, and so on. But I think also amongst that there were a number of Christian writers and doctors and so on. We think of St. Augustine and, and St. Jerome and others who may have had very good intent but were just trying to organize a very diverse faith, rightly or wrongly, in in some system. And then they came up with these dogmas. And, of course, that's where mistakes were undoubtedly made, and then some by accident, and then later some undefinitely, deliberately, because they didn't want, I'm sure Justinian, for one, didn't want people to believe in reincarnation. He wanted, it was much better for them to believe, you know, that they they were in the hands of the church to go to heaven or hell, Mm. and then they got a lot of money and power out of that belief. Yes, because once people believe in that reincarnation, then they lose a certain power over people, as you say. Of course, um, yeah. This is what they wanted to retain that power, mm. uh, but um, this is certainly was a part of early Christianity, and also um, uh, because, of, as you say, it was a very interesting point, Richard, that they kind of had to um, create some kind of system and order, which is very, very interesting. But within, at the same time, some of the mystic heart, I think, of Christianity was lost, which is a great mm-hmm. shame. And I think now is the time that it's coming back into this now is the time and i think you know we've we've talked about some of the negatives that occurred but it was would be wonderful to talk about the positives and the positives are of course that jesus is among us um i I can quote from him in a a transmission that he delivered uh, through uh, dr george king in 1956 in london and Dr. King was in a deep somatic yogic trance when he did this, as we've described in, in previous editions of Ethereus Radio Live. And this one little quote here from this message, uh, when he's asked uh, what, what to say to people, it says, but say yet this in the message to all who ask. If they say, does Jesus come again, say this, I have never left, but I am here always. You can always approach me. And I will give you my love and blessings and my hope and my way to God, yes, and my life again, if you need it. Oh, that's very wonderful. I mean, here we have a, a, a being of such love, a, such a master of love energy and all that it means and controlled emotion uh, as we uh, stand as a, a shining light in our, in our history and in our present. Absolutely. Matter of fact, Chrissy, I was going to to read another little bit 
from the book, and I don't know if we've got time before the break to do this or not, uh, about a recent coming where he's been came to Earth and had an, a direct meeting with Dr. George King. Well, let's go ahead and do that, and we'll have a break okay. after that. Thank you. So carrying on now on page two of UFOs and the extraterrestrial message, 2,000 years later, on July the 23rd, 1958, on a hill overlooking the ocean, a lone Englishman was seated in a yogic posture, praying for peace in the world. Dimly out of the corner of his eye, he saw a bright blue sphere skipping across the night sky. It stopped dead in his tracks, over the sea before him, and hovered. He continued to pray. After a few minutes, he became aware of the same being that the wise men had seen so long ago, standing just a few yards away from him, but this time not in swaddling clothes. He stood tall, radiant, and dressed from the shoulders to the ground in a robe that seemed to glow with a bluish-white incandescence. The Master Jesus had come to Holston Down near Coombe Martin in Devon, England, to charge it with spiritual power through the channel he had chosen for this task, the yoga master, Dr. George King. It was to become one of the holy mountains of the world. When the operation was complete, Dr. King described the departure of this godlike being. He fixed me with a penetrating but kindly gaze for a moment, then a wide beam of green light sprang out of a faintly luminous shape hovering above the ground about 30 yards away. The Master Jesus moved a few steps to one side into this beam and was gone. High up in the heavens I saw two bluish spheres of light like two bright unblinking stars. They were joined by a third which came upwards to meet them. Then these three spacecraft travelled quickly across the skies to disappear over the western horizon. I knew that he had returned to the cosmos, and my mission was completed. Oh, that's so beautiful. Thank you so much, Richard, for reading that. It's a privilege to have been allowed to include that, actually, in my book, um, in that particular book. Um, but I think what we want to do, Chrissy, don't we, in the next half of this program is talk not just about the wonderful mosque, because one could talk about the Master Jesus forever, I think, I know. but also about his New Age message, what, he, what his teachings are in this period of our history. Absolutely. So this is a good time to have a break, and uh, let's hand over to Annette for the announcements. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you both, Richard Lawrence and Chrissy Blaze. For this fascinating program, I don't know of anyone that can be listening to this live here on the 18th day of December 2012 at Body, Mind, Spirit Radio and not be moved to tears by what you're hearing. At least be held, you know, agog because there's some fabulous information. The title of today's program, The Master Jesus and His New Age Message, will continue in just a moment. We also welcome you to the Ethereum Society of Michigan Prayer Circle for World Peace and Healing is being held on the Day of Prophecy, which is the 21st day of December. That is this coming Friday, for those of you that are listening live. It will be held from 8 to 9 p.m., followed by a social time of conversation, coffee, and cookies. So we know you're going to enjoy that. Chrissy Blaze is going to be uh, hosting that event for you. The Ethereum Society of Michigan is at 3119 North Campbell Road, Royal Oak, Michigan, 48073. We also remind you that Christmas Carol Services throughout the Ethereum Society are going to be held. Richard is going to be conducting one in England at 757 Fulham Road, London, SW65UU, and Chrissy will be handling the event at the Michigan location, the Ethereum Society, at 311 North Campbell Road in Royal Oak, 48073. Please go to www.ethereus.org to check specific dates and times, locations for the Christmas carol service at the Ethereus location near you. We also would like you to go to Richard Lawrence's page, www.richardlawrence.co.uk. There's a fascinating YouTube clip there regarding December 21st and the truth about this day and the great change. So again, richardlawrence.co.uk. And for all things Chrissy Blaze, including 
what's going to be happening at the Ethereum Society in Michigan, www.chrissyblaze.com. And continuing on with Ethereum Radio Live for December, the 18th day of December, here 2012, I hand you back to Richard Lawrence and Chrissy Blaze. Thank you very much. I just want to begin this part. We're going to be talking about the message, the New Age message and New Age teachings of the Master Jesus. And I'd like to begin by talking a little bit about the different ages, because some people may be thinking, well, why does Christianity, why does the Master Jesus come at this time? What is so important about this time? Well, probably most people have heard about the age of Pisces and the age of Aquarius, but what are they? Well, and in fact, the Essenes, who were the religious group prevalent at the time of Jesus, believed in astrology. And they knew, I'm sure, that the earth was changing uh, from the age of Aries that it was at the time to the age of Pisces. And that um, I'm sure they predicted the birth of a great avatar coming to earth. But basically an age is that um, astronomers know that the sun and the planets revolve around a central sun. Um, and that's millions of miles distant. And this requires about 26,000 miles uh, years to make one revolution. And this is called by the mystics, by astrologers, as the great year. And um, this great year is divided into 12 signs of the zodiac, from Aries to Pisces. And it takes our solar system 2,165 years, approximately a twelfth of 26,000 years, to pass through one of these signs of the zodiac. And it goes backwards through the zodiac. And this is known as an age. And so while there is disagreement about when an age exactly starts and ends because there is an overlap period, but certainly we believe that we are now in the age of Aquarius. And the Master Jesus came at the beginning of the age of Pisces. And he came because during an age, humanity has to learn certain things, is here to, to raise consciousness in certain ways, is to embody certain uh, new thought and teaching and so forth. And the Master Jesus came to embody some of the elements of the age of Pisces, which were uh, love, forgiveness, healing, faith, uh, sacrifice, and so on, all of which he demonstrated in his life. And now we're standing on, on the edge of this Aquarian age. We are in the Aquarian age. And this age is very different. This age, uh, during this age, humanity is being exposed to and will learn um, more about the cosmos. It's a time of uh, science, of technology, the brotherhood of man. It's also a sign associated, Aquarius, with the revelation of truth. And, um, for example, ancient mysteries, which were previously only known to uh, the secret mystery schools and the initiates there, is now being revealed to humanity as a whole. And it's also noted this age uh, for space travel um, and so on. So there are many, many aspects to this age, which makes it a very, very different, uh, a very different essence to the previous age. So at this time, the Master Jesus, this great avatar of love, has come again. And uh, on that note, I'd like to hand over to Richard, who will talk more about uh, this aspect. Yes, and uh, what a fantastic uh, explanation and introduction to the, the different ages. And I don't think we could have anyone more qualified than Chrissy to talk about that. I mean, she's a first-class astrologer in her own right, and I do recommend her books relating to astrology and, indeed, her, the charts that she does if you're interested in astrology. Uh, and, of course, we're, here we're taking astrology onto, if you like, a more global level uh, and, and a more cosmic level. And uh, that was a fantastic introduction to this age. We're now going into the age of Aquarius. I think this might be a good time before we go actually into the teachings, Chrissy, just to mention the subject of our next program uh, on the 15th of January, I think it is, which is Dr. George King, Aquarian Master. Oh, yes. Good idea. Yes. Because, you know, this is the Master Jesus, of course, came to herald in the age of Pisces and... Uh, of course, contrary to what people think and say, he wasn't born on December the 25th. He was born in the Piscean period. In fact, you wouldn't have shepherds watching their flocks by night on December the 25th or 4th. In fact, he came in the spring in the Piscean period, and he was born, wasn't he, Chrissy, on March the 15th? 
Right in the age of Pisces, yes. Indeed. Absolutely. The sign of Pisces. So coming on, yeah. So coming on to, to, to his teachings, that this master of love, this master of controlled emotion, and of course Pisces is connected with the emotions, isn't it, Chrissy? And, and dealing with them. Um, he, he brought these wonderful, wonderful New Age teachings. Now, I want to be clear here that we are not saying that the only person who's had uh, encounters, inspirations, contacts, even guidance from the Master Jesus is Dr. George King. We're not saying that at all. Uh, the Master Jesus has inspired and guided individuals and groups of people through history. And one of the great problems with, the Christi with Christianity, actually, is the divisions within the faith and the wars and the killings and the martyrdoms and all the rest of it that went on between, say, the Catholics and the... Well, we've certainly seen it in this island where I'm speaking from, and Protestants and so on. Uh, the, it's a universal being not restricted to Christian uh, faith believers. I mean, in fact, you can find more Christianity practiced in some Eastern uh, movements and Eastern mystical paths and teachings, and you will find in some of the Western people who call themselves Christians. So it's a universal thing and a contact that's been made through the ages. But having said that, we do believe that the contacts made with Dr. George King are unique. And there is one particular series of contacts that was made in 1958, which we call the Twelve Blessings. Now, this is an absolute core teaching of the Aetherius Society and will be featured extensively on Aetherius Radio Live in future programs. It deserves uh, one or more programs in its own right, that particular teaching, which is also a great practice. What I would like to do at the moment, though, is draw your attention to one particular communication, uh, one that we've referred to as the one who came in grace, which is published in a book that we published called Wisdom of the Planets. And this was delivered in 1957. And I'd like, if I may, to set the scene for people. I mean, London in 1957, um, as indeed I'm sure New York and, and other cities around the world, was a very conservative place with a small C uh, and possibly a big one. It was a very traditional place it would still be regarded as outrageous, and maybe some people might even think that now, to claim to be channeling or be a medium for the Master Jesus. Um, it was bad enough in some people's eyes to be claiming contact and mediumship with the departed, never mind a being of the caliber of the Master Jesus. But Dr. King, like the Master Jesus, is fearless when he believes what what is true and what is right and what must be done and demonstrated tremendous bravery and what I'm going to read to you now wasn't done privately in some domestic setting it was done in a very public hall called the Caxton Hall in Westminster in London on September the 14th 1957 and Dr. King entered there and then a deep yogic state samadhic trance and then the Master Jesus and other masters too before this spoke through him using his larynx it was tape recorded word for word so we don't have all the problems that the, the, the bible has with translation and scribes and interference from politicians and so on uh, it's in its pure form and then it was published and i'd like to read if i may from this wonderful wonderful message that the master jesus brought a new age message in line with some of the things chrissy said on September the 14th, 1957, for the age we're now living in. And I'll try and do justice to it as best I can. The Master Jesus. O oh, my beloved children, I bring you all my blessings. I bring you all my love. Turn again to that wondrous power of God, which is within you all. O oh, dear sweet children, be kind to those who show cold cruelty to you. Be sweet to those who would face you with bitterness in their hearts. If you do this, O oh my brothers, you will be great. You will know that God doth dwell among you all. I come again at this time to implore you to turn again to these teachings of God so that you might radiate this wonderful light of sweet everlasting love around you. 
so that you might impregnate those who are blind, so that you might raise those who are sick at heart. O oh, my sweet, adorable children, much foolishness has been spoken of me. I am your brother, not your God. I am your friend, not your father. Wherefore dwelleth thy father? Where can he dwell, save within thy heart? Knock upon this inner door, O children of light, until it be opened unto you, until you do stand and receive this lasting treasure. Yet do I stand at your right hand while you do this, praying that you do this. O friends, regard me not as dead, and in some mythical heaven, but as among you. Regard me, O sweet brothers, as living in your hearts, not as the God within, but as the key to this door, to this palace door, to this door which you can all open for yourselves with this my key. I chose to walk in lonely silence upon your earth. I chose to die in lonely silence upon the cross. Yet know that this is the symbol of my resurrection up to the mighty light of the Godhead and not the death of a body which passeth and fades to that dust from whence it came. Yet even this was not so. It will be the same with you when you again do take my word of forgiveness to the outside ones, for they wrapped in the blanket of selfishness will be hard of sight and hard too of hearing when you speak. Yet know this, O my adorable brothers, that should the cup of suffering be handed to you in such times, then take it, O my sweet ones, raise it to your lips, and drink full well of this, for even when the time of parting be nigh, will the great and mighty power within you all take this cup from your shaking hand that's an excerpt from these wonderful words which you know and I, I my degree for example was in drama but I think in my opinion even Shakespeare pales compared to these beautifully beautifully phrased lovingly delivered words of the master Jesus they're so profoundly moving and thank you so much for a wonderful reading it's very, very moving. I was kind of, I couldn't speak after that. It's that wonderful message, isn't it? It's so relevant now at this time, and there's so much madness in the world if we can think about these words and really try and bring them into our lives. And I, yes, think, and also, yes. I think also, Richard, in the same transmission, and I might be wrong, but I think this is the same transmission, the Master Jesus talked about the age in which we live. And I, he did, um, he did, the age he of did. Yes, he did. Um, and, and let me just say exactly what he said, shall I? And then you can comment on I it. Think I, I think I know that science by itself is like a soulless wanderer in the realms of night, yet a warmth will come out of love to fashion it into a tool so that it becometh as a wise man finding its home. I think that's correct. Nearly. One of my I mean, favorite yeah. quotes. because it is. I, I, I love that because... You know, if we think about science, because this is the age of science and technology, and if we think about science, it can be so cold, and, the, you know, atom bombs are invented that kill thousands of people. And, or on the other hand, as the Master Jesus says, it, it's like a soulless wanderer in the realms of night. But if it's joined together with love, then it becomes a great tool, a tool where, which life-saving technology can be brought into being. And in fact, our master, Dr. George King, combined science and love or spirituality in his global healing missions, which we'll talk about in later shows. But I think this is really a wonderful key, I've, I've always thought, for this age, the Aquarian age. But that's a, such a beautiful transmission. Yes, it is. And, and I, I, I know we have a number of listeners, and some of them are completely new to the Ethereum Society teachings, and some are extremely familiar with them. And I'm sure all will agree that the more we turn back to these words, I mean, every time I look at a teaching uh, of the Master Jesus delivered through Dr. George King, I learn new things. 
things I've never realized before. And also you start to come into contact with the very depth, the very persona, the very nature and essence of this great being. And that's a real privilege to have that connection uh, with such an elevated source which can change you forever and change all of us forever. And I'd like to also to mention that we do have a number of these available in audio form. In fact, The Twelve Blessings is available in an album on CD. And you can not only hear the words, and believe me, my reading is, is a pales into insignificance, when you hear the original as delivered by the Master Jesus. And Dr. King was such an outstanding medium that every... A communicator is consistent and completely unique in their delivery and the delivery of the master Jesus not just the words which are as well as everything else poetic in their beauty the sound and the quality of the voice I, I've come across people who've heard it and they know it's the master Jesus sometimes they don't have to be told it is identifiable something in us knows about the master Jesus as I said earlier. Yeah, I mean, what better Christmas gift could you possibly buy for yourself or a loved one than the actual transmissions of the Master Jesus? And we, as Richard said, this isn't a sales pitch, but it really is the most wonderful and most precious gift that you could ever have. Um, and also, uh, we during our, our Sunday divine services throughout the Assyria Society, every Sunday morning we play an actual blessing an actual cosmic transmission from the master jesus so you can actually hear it if you come to services around the world it's an amazing opportunity yes if you're able to come that's absolutely the thing to do if you aren't able to perhaps you live in a country you're listening to us now and you don't have a group or a branch near you you can still hear these uh, transmissions you can still obtain them and you will find they will and you absolutely change your life. And of course, something we I don't think have yet mentioned on Ethereum Radio Live, the Ethereum Society is a non-profit organization. As Chrissy says, we're not, you know, this is not a sales pitch. Uh, even Dr. King in his lifetime never took any royalties himself from his books. It all goes to the work that we do, the work of healing, the work of prayer, the work of uh, enlightening as far as we're able to, as many people who are open to this, fantastic teaching as possible and i think chrissy there you've hit upon one of the keys because you were talking about the ages and and the message for this age and of course science is one of the aspects of the age of aquarius is it not and as he as the master jesus says warm it with that love my brothers let mm. that wondrous everlasting power from your hearts fall upon this science so that it becomes as a tool in the hands of everlasting divinity and not that soulless thing which you have made of it. The words are so beautiful. I mean, really incredible. And the, the, the yes. wisdom is so great. I mean, you could meditate on that one sentence. You certainly really could. The it's the key, isn't it? It's not to sort of it shun is. science, not to turn away from the technology we have, no. but to use it uh, in, a, in a wonderfully positive way, like I think we're doing now, using the technology of the Internet to bring the truth of the Master Jesus to the world. You know, it's Indeed. And, and of course, it, I think science can be taken in its broadest sense. I think the whole of, you could say, the academic establishment uh, has got lost and lost that essence of love and as a result ends up with all sorts of cold and analytical conclusions which aren't necessarily right because the greatest thing we have within us is the soul other than the spirit itself is the soul if the soul is the highest aspect of mind and the lower aspect of mind including the intellect important as the intellect is and I don't agree with those people in the New Age movement who decry the intellect. It's absolutely essential in achieving things, as, as is concentration crucial to success in any endeavor, especially a spiritual one. But it should all be dictated by the soul. And I think that's why the Master Jesus has hit upon this. And, 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 and that's where it's got wrong. It's become soulless. And much of the academic establishment has become soulless. Much of the media and, and the whole um, you know, political establishment has become soulless. And we need to get that back in this age. Absolutely. And one very simple way I think that people can do it, and which is a, a very important aspect of Christianity, um, is healing. Would you agree? 
It's I something would everybody, indeed. Yes. everybody can do. It's something that um, the Master Jesus was a great healer and said, everything that I can do, you can do too. And yet somehow it, it got a bit lost along the way. Mm-hmm. Yes, and, and I think now as we go, what, we're a week before what people regard as Christmas Day, and and so they'll be celebrating it. And you can see there the essence of Christmas and what it should be has got lost by a lot of people. Whatever religion or this holy period or whatever you like to call this period, it, it's a time really when we should be getting back to things just like you say, healing. Everybody can heal. That was one of the essences of, of, of the, the, the mission of the Master Jesus, not to show what he could do, but to show what we could all do and can all do. And if there's one sort of resolution we might want to make this Christmas, it might be to become a healer. And if we're already a healer, to become a more effective and active uh, healer in every way, following the example of the beloved Master Jesus. I think that would be a far more wonderful way to celebrate Christmas, even than the giving of material gifts and the eating of uh, material food and the, all the other things that go with this period in most people's minds. The essence of it should be spiritual. That's what the Master Jesus lived for, and that's what he died for. That, that's a wonderful Christmas message, I think, Richard, uh, to remind everybody that the heart of Christmas, what it should be, not just about buying gifts, and although that's the spirit of Christmas is giving, but uh, feeding into the materialistic world, but remembering that essence of, of spirituality. And, you know, uh, talking about healing, and this is a plug, I didn't know Richard was going to, uh, talk about uh, healing in this way, but uh, we will be holding a healing course in Royal Oak on January the 19th. So if you do want any more details about that, uh, you can always email us. But um, I'm sure you're, you hold regular healing courses too in, in London, Richard. And the Ethereum Society holds them all over the world, uh, and they're based upon a technique uh, taught by Dr. King in his book, You Too Can Heal. And I was privileged to, to, to include that technique uh, with the permission of the international directors of the Ethereum Society and the magic of healing. And we, we run courses based on this. But the very essence of it, whatever technique you learn, and I don't know of a better one than the one Dr. King taught. It's not the only one, but it's, it's one I would recommend above the other ones I've, I know of. And the essence, though, is still going to be the amount of love energy that you generate through your healing, and indeed through your prayers. And I think, Chrissy, it might be rather a beautiful thing to end this hour of truth with a prayer that the Master Jesus delivered himself in that reading that I was reading from the one who came in grace. May I do that? Oh, what a wonderful idea. And then we'll close with the announcements. Thank you so much, Richard. And those who want to join in with this, if you're not driving a car or something like that, and I, I'm sure you're probably not if you're listening to this, but just close your eyes, raise your hands, and tune in to these words of the Master Jesus, Almighty God. May your power flow through all these sweet, adorable brothers and sisters this night, now, at this very moment, so that they might be risen up to the power which is within them, so that they might, with my key, unlock this door to everlasting joy and peace, so that they might prepare the platform of sweet, everlasting love to be bathed in the light of wisdom, so that they, blessed by this use of my power, may secure the heaven which the eye that sees knows of, so that when this is so, they know, and knowing stay, and staying convince, and convincing teach, and teaching raise, and raising, bring down the power of God upon all these. Thank you so much. A wonderful way to end this show, Ethereus Radio Live. And I'd just like to thank you, Richard, and thank everybody, and wish you a very happy Christmas. God bless you all this Christmas. God bless and over to Annette. Thank you. Thank you all. And Merry Christmas, Happy Christmas, and blessings for a fabulous, fabulous New Year. For those who are listening live, it is the 12th month, the 18th day of 2012, which means it is the third Tuesday and the third Tuesday of every month live from 1 to 2 p.m. Eastern. We present and enjoy here at Body, Mind, Spirit Radio, Ethereus Radio Live. Today's topic, the Master Jesus and his New Age message, 
please, if you if you uh, find yourself moved to do so, go back and listen and archive again. You'll get so much out of it. The next broadcast, which will come your way on the third Tuesday of January, which is the 15th, we're going to be enjoying the topic, Dr. George King, the Aquarian Master. So we know you're going to be loving that. Coming up this Friday, which is the 21st of December, a prayer circle for world prayer circle for world peace and healing will be held at the Etheria Society in Michigan in Royal Oak 48073. That's at 311 North Campbell Road. This Friday evening, Christy will host this fabulous presentation of peace and joy and getting us into a true essence and spirit of Christmas from 8 until 9 p.m., followed by a social time of conversation, coffee and cookies. I think the coffee and cookies and conversation are equally as important as the time we are spending in the prayer circle, but that could be just me. We also are welcoming Christmas carol services throughout the Ethereum Society. Richard will be conducting one in England at 757 Fulham Road, London, SW65UU, and Chrissy Blaze will be hosting one in Michigan, Etheria Society, 311 North Campbell Road, Royal Oak, Michigan, 48073. And again, we direct you to etherius.org for more information on specific dates and times for the Christmas carol services throughout the Etherius Society near you. We also direct you to Richard's website, www.richardlawrence.co.uk. On there, you're going to find a YouTube clip page. It is regarding December 21st, the truth about this day and the great change. Definitely something that you want to look into. We also direct you to Chrissy Blaze's website, chrissyblaze.com, where you can find out more about her, the Ethereum Society, all of her great astrology works. And both of these two fine people's websites will contain information on how you can obtain their books and the books from the Ethereum Society, The Twelve Blessings, and other fabulous publications. On behalf of everyone from Ethereus Radio Live, Body, Mind, Spirit Radio, we wish you a most splendid, splendid Christmas and New Year. And until we meet again.